Your hour of Thrive Time begins now with your host, Jay Maney, on the Jay Maney Talk Show. Good day, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Maney Talk Show. This is Jay Maney, and I want to welcome you to your official hour of Thrive Time. My friends, if you are visiting the show for the very first time today, I want you to know that your time today is going to yield fantastic returns. In fact, you're going to make our show a part of your weekly Thrive-Minded activity because the content that you're going to hear today is going to really help you understand that there are ways that you can continue to get better at whatever area in life you're looking to get better in and thrive at. So today is going to be one of those days that you're going to be thankful that you carved out that time to listen to this show. And for those of you that are listening to the show yet again as a returning listener, can I just continue to thank you for being such a great supporter of this program? Uh, I keep hearing from so many uh, folks that they've heard of the show because it was shared by some of you. Some of you posted the links on LinkedIn or Facebook. Some of you shared it through your uh, Instagram. However, that has happened. I want you to know that I'm grateful that you continue to support this program. We are changing lives, and that's what this whole program is about. It's about changing lives week to week by hearing the thoughts and the ideas of others who are also intended on changing lives with what they do. So it's a collaborative work. It's a creative collaborative work, and I appreciate you being part of the journey. By the way, if you've not had a chance to listen to our prior episodes, then it's important that you visit the jmamietalkshow.com. There you'll have an opportunity to listen to all of my prior episodes. There's a library of episodes that one after the other is going to give you that thrive-minded content you need in order to succeed. And then I'm going to encourage you to make sure that you go to my personal site, thejmamie.com. There you're going to find all of my books and my blogs and my videos and some of my other content, including my Thrive Sales Mastery course. A number of you have reached out to me already giving me great testimonials about the Thrive Sales Mastery course. You can get all that information at thejmamie.com. And, of course, as always, please continue to follow um, me either on Instagram and Twitter. My handle is at thejmamie, or you can track me down on Facebook, thejmamie. And, of course, LinkedIn is another fine way to, uh, to track me down and stay engaged with what we're doing here on the show. But today's show is going to be yet another example of quality people bringing quality content to the show. Our guests today are going to pour into you their wisdom so that you can take a piece of it and change your trajectory in whatever you are currently doing in your life. So we're going to hear from our guests shortly, but I want to spend a few minutes here because I've I, I'm I've been in business a long time, folks, and I've been an entrepreneur now since I was 13 years old, and I've coached thousands of people. I've written uh, 10 books on subject matters that that really are about personal development in one area or another. And having a chance now to interview close to 200 incredible people over these uh, almost two years, one of the things that I can share with you that is so critical that I don't find enough people really grasping and understanding is the idea of daily preparation. Now, I want to add a little bit of a different spin on it because it's not a it's not a thrive talk. And by the way, we're we're diving into the Jay Mamie Thrive Talk section. Uh, it's a section that I get an opportunity to spend a few minutes with you, giving you a few of what's happening on the inside with me in terms of what I'm thinking about and, and some content that I think is rich enough that will help you probably steer you in a di- in the direction different differently from from the, the direction that you're in now. And this is one of those uh, Thrive Talks where I think it's going to make an impact because preparation is not 
The preparation I'm talking about is not the preparation that you might be thinking uh, about as soon as I said the word preparation. I'm talking about the fact, and, and it is a fact, that what you do on a daily basis, how you prepare your day in terms of the activity that you embrace or not embrace will determine three things for you. Preparation. Preparation leads to either promotion. Preparation leads to progress. If you are promotion intended, if you are interested in having and seeing and experiencing progress in your life, and by the way, it could be any area of life, whether it's a, it's your business, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in your finances, certainly whether it's in your health. If you are intentional about seeing daily progress in that area of your life, in other words, you're serious about getting better. The day that you leave behind is a day in terms of yesterday. It's a day that uh, you you use as a springboard for the next day so you could be a little bit better. Do something that you are a little bit better for. That is the preparation that I'm referring to. So on a daily basis, your activity, whatever you are committing to doing that day, prepares you for the promotion you're seeking. It prepares you for the progress that you are embracing. It prepares you for whatever that next level goal that you are uh, pursuing for. That preparation, the activities of that day is going to prepare you for that. But what happens if you don't have good preparation? What happens if your day goes by and you are idle? Well, you know, there's such a thing as preparing for idleness. There's such a thing as preparing for stagnation. Just like you can have preparation for promotion, you can have preparation for for more stagnation, meaning what you do today won't leave you any better off than where you were yesterday. So you are still in the same place, dealing with the same crap, hanging around with the same people, not furthering your cause. You are idle. You are stagnant. What you did that day, or or dare I say that week, did not push the letter forward in your life in any significant way. You basically were idle, stagnant, didn't do anything different because your preparation led you to stay in the same place. Does that make sense? But here's the worst part of it. See, at least if you are, if your daily preparation is for promotion, that's great. If your daily preparation is is where you're just stagnant, then at least you're no better, but you're no worse. But the worst kind of preparation is the lack of any preparation, meaning there is nothing really that you're doing or the actions and the activity that you are involved in are only serving to delay, to destruct, to detract you from anything positive. Let me show you what I, what I mean by that. I oftentimes speak with people, and when I when I dive into the weeds of their life and, and their habits and the way they're thinking and, and their engagement with others, I ask them to describe to me what's happening throughout the course of their day. And it becomes very obvious to me within a few minutes that the reason why they're not progressing, the reason why they're not even idle, the reason why they're actually going in reverse and they're experiencing a lack thereof progress and they're experiencing days that are discouraging is because their activities are only promoting such a thing. They prepare every day based on that current day's activity for only further misery. (laughs) Uh, They're not doing anything to get out of the hole. 
In fact, the activities are just driving them further into the hole. Let me give an example of what I mean. That is a very common example that you might find yourself in the same situation. You know, if you're in a bad place right now where you are discouraged, maybe you are uh, disappointed um, and, and you are stuck there. Uh, maybe you are having a sense of unworthiness, and we're going to talk about that in our show today. Maybe there's a sense of shame, something that is not allowing you to thrive. You're not performing. You're stuck in your own head. And that the and, and the very first person you think about calling the next day are the same people that are struggling with the same thing you're struggling with, so they can't pour into you anything that is nutritious because they themselves are either negative, they're struggling, they're disappointed, they're having their own tough times, but they seem to be the very first people that you gravitate to call or think about calling uh, either that day or the next day. Well, that is prep- you're preparing to make a phone call for sure, but you're preparing uh, that activity is preparing you for further misery. Let's say that we're talking about a health situation and you know that the very next day where you should be is at a gym or a fitness facility, something that can get your body moving, but your lack of preparing in your schedule, the activity to get physical fitness in is preparing for the furthering of that bad place that you're stuck at. It's preparing you to have a worse health experience than you need to have. So preparation, my friends, on a daily basis is so important because like it or not, whether you accept this or not, it's a fact. Every day you're preparing for something. You're either preparing for progress, you're preparing for stagnation and idleness, or you're preparing for something that is far less than the experience you want. It's a preparation for something that is going to be unhealthy lacking nutrition, and only making things worse for yourself. So choose wisely how you prepare your day. What type of preparation are you embracing and evaluate it? Is it preparation that's going to promote? Is it preparation that's going to create idleness? Or is it preparation that at the end of the day is only going to demote, destruct, and distract, and discourage, and depress you even further? I hope you make the right choice. Folks, That's Thrive Talk. We're off to a fantastic start. We're going to pick up the pace with our incredible guests right after the break. Tired of the corporate grind? Have you ever considered owning your own business? This is Irving Chung. I'm the founder and CEO of Fran Guidance, and I can help you take your financial future into your own hands. There's a proven and profitable franchise business in nearly every category and budget. Contact me today for a free consultation at franguidance.com. That's F-R-A-N-G-U-I-D-A-N-C-E.com or call 214-908-9791. Have you gotten behind on your personal or payroll taxes due to COVID-19? I'm Adam Cohen, Tax Resolution Manager at Jack Lauderman CPA. The collection arm of the IRS has resumed enforcement action. You may have received demand letters threatening liens or levies. Our firm specializes in resolving complex tax problems. There are options available. Go to txcpaoffice.com and schedule a free, no-obligation consultation. 
That's txcpaoffice.com. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need so you can experience Experience the results you want. ThriveSalesMastery.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Right on the line at the moment, we have the extraordinary Molly Fletcher. I shared in our opening segment a little bit about her accomplishments, but Molly has also authored three books. She's been featured in numerous publications like ESPN, Forbes, Sports Illustrated, and she has one of the hottest podcasts out there called Game Changers. And she's also the founder of the Betterment Institute. It's an online courses uh, program for corporations and individuals. And we're excited to have her. Molly, welcome to the show. Well, it's awesome to be with you. Thanks for having me. Hey, Molly, there's so many things that you're passionate about that we can talk about. One of them is living a fearless life. Another is dissecting what differentiates the average from ordinary and then from the ordinary to extraordinary and even how to recognize negotiation mistakes. So there's a lot that you bring to the table. So I hope that you come back on on the show for for future discussions on these gems. But today I'd like to focus on one of your most powerful talks which is what I think every leader every leader needs to know today, really anyone, really. And that's the seven important mindset shifts that needs to be embraced now. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, you know, we, 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 we pushed this out because we were seeing really inside of the, the COVID pandemic that, that there was an opportunity for people to, to lean into ways in which that they could at a high level and then also tactically shift shift their mindset. I mean, what I saw, I was a sports agent, you know, Jay, for about 18 years, and what I saw was the best athletes in the co- and coaches in the world, they were incredibly intentional about the, the messages that they told themselves. And, of course, their mindset then, in fact, changed their behaviors, right? Mm-hmm. And so these are sort of seven tools and tips that we believe people can lean into to improve and lift their behavior, and, of course, which stems from changing their mindset. Well, the first of all, I love the number seven, so we're on the right track. <laughs> That's a magical, powerful number. Uh, so why don't we get started with the first three or four. Let's see how much we can squeeze in here in this first segment, and we'll finish up the the last three or four on our second segment. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you know, one of the ones that we talk about is is just is, is blind spots, right? I think often as leaders, as as as, as business people, we have blind spots. It's, mm-hmm. it's human nature, right? And and one of the things I saw with my athletes is is that they welcomed feedback. You know, they always wanted to hear the the, the things that they weren't doing well, the things that they could do better. And, and 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 I heard somebody say once, and I thought this was really cool. Like, once you get feedback, how can you first assume that it's true, right? How can you mm. assume that the feedback's true and come at it from a place? You know, one of the things I talk a lot about is how can we turn defensiveness into curiosity. Moments when maybe we, as a as a human being, naturally would be a little bit defensive. How do we shift that to, to curiosity? So, you know, one of the mindset shifts we talk about is, is, is sort of don't believe the hype, right? In mm-hmm. other words, you know, pay attention to the gaps, listen, and then lean into those so that you can get better. 
and, and then we talk about, you know, another mindset shift, which is, which is getting uncomfortable. I mean, one of the things I saw over and over again with great athletes, and Jay, I think you've even heard this story, was one of my clients, John Smoltz. You know, he was a starting pitcher in the big leagues for, for over a decade. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then we navigated a shift to him becoming a closer and then, of course, back to a starter. But, but at the end of the day, right, it, it, was, it was an opportunity for John to, to get uncomfortable to serve his team, to serve his community, to serve the fans, um, to serve Bobby Cox, the manager at the time, even better. So, you know, I think that the the best athletes and coaches in the world they feel discomfort, right? I mean, they're they're uncomfortable when they're when they're standing on the mound in the bottom of the ninth and the bases are loaded and they got to get it done. That's right. Right? They're uncomfortable when they step onto the line and have to drain free throws to win a ball game. I mean, coaches are coaches are a little bit pit in their stomach, right? When there's you know, when they're 30 seconds left in the game and, and they've got to lead a team through a timeout. So we as business people feel those, feel that discomfort as well, but we lean into it. And, 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 and what I saw great athletes do is they leaned into those moments. And what, what would happen, of course, is they come out better. They always would. Right. So, so I think it's important to, and, uh, you know, to, to, to get uncomfortable because that's when we grow. And, and then another one that, you know, you sort of talked about sort of three. I, I think the other one that's really important is, is is really getting clear on what matters most. You know, we're in an environment, Jay, right now where so many people, their demands are exceeding their capacity. And that's a problem, right? That can result in burnout, fatigue, all those kinds of things. And, and one of the things that the best athletes and coaches in the world, I, I, I believe, and I wrote a book called The Energy Clock about this, is is how important it is to look at your life through the lens of energy, right? Athletes would always say to themselves, not where am I going to spend my time, but where am I going to invest my energy? Mm. Who deserves my energy and who doesn't? And, you know, energy, in my opinion, you know, it's renewable, right? Time is not. So we have to be intentional about managing our energy to show up in, in the moments that matter most in our lives as our best self. I mean, I remember, gosh, I mean, I, I remember sitting with a, a young baseball player by the name of Jason Hayward, and he was coming out, he was going to be a first round draft pick. And you know, came from modest means, uh, you know, where we're signing your name on baseball cards for an hour while you're watching cartoons for 15 grand would be kind of an interesting thing for an 18 year old kid, you know, or, or, um, you know, other endorsement opportunities or appearances were coming at him um, as he was uh, approaching the draft. And I just remember Jason looking at me at, at 18 years old in the boardroom with, with opportunities to, to, you know, at some level you could say, sort of make some easy and interesting money as he was leaning into the, to the, uh, you know, to, to, to the game. And, and Jason just said, you know, my, if I, if I just get out there in the minor leagues and I put up the kind of numbers I need to put up and I produce and I hit and I play well in the field and I stay healthy and I have the right mindset and I manage basically what he was saying, if I manage my energy, well, mm-hmm. all this will be there. If I can get to the big leagues quicker, it'll all be there. So I'm going to focus on what matters most, which is putting up the kinds of numbers I know I can put up as a baseball player. And, 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 and this will all be there later, plus some, if I do it right. So he focused on what matters most, you know, and I think that as business people, we too have to do that, right? We have to prioritize what matters most so that we show up for the things that matter most with the kind of energy that we need. So, you know, prioritizing what matters most to me is, is really important, which means we have to manage our energy intentionally. I'm no. going to take a breath there, Jay, in case you think <laughs> I'm talking way more no. than I like no. you on hey, these. Hey, listen, you, you're giving me so much uh, fodder here to, to just uh, come back to. And I, I want to go back to the first point you made about feedback as one of the important mindset 
uh, mindset shifts. Because you're right. I, you mentioned about being honest. I think the challenge with a lot of athletes or people that are high performers, peak performers, whether you're a business entrepreneur, doesn't matter. That a lot, and I th- I'm sure you'd agree with this, and I'm sure you've experienced this, where people are not completely honest with themselves. And and I often say that people live in this realm of delusional thinking because they think they're doing all they can. They think that they're doing the most that they can when they take this so-called honest assessment of themselves and they give themselves personal feedback, they're not honest. And if you're not honest with yourself, how are you ever going to get better unless you get out of this, this realm of, of delusional thinking? I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, the smartest and the best, they, they put people around them that aren't yes people they, they put people around them who they respect and they appreciate who have the courage, as I often say, to lose the business, right? Like, I think that you have to have the courage to tell your clients what they need to hear with love, with kindness, with empathy, with compassion, with all those things. But you need to tell them what they need to hear. I mean, I've had to have a lot of really difficult conversations but in the end, the client thanked me for it because, mm-hmm. at the, you know, we were playing the long game as far as helping them navigate their career. Huge. I love the part when you mentioned about getting clear and where to invest your energy. Now, my background, uh, which is how I came across you, Molly, we spoke about this earlier, was you did a talk for one of the financial companies that, uh, that I'm affiliated with. And I've always had a conversation with people for 30 years about, hey, where do you invest to get the greatest rate of return, right? And you have to be mm-hmm. wise about that. Well, that's the same thing with our time, our efforts, our thoughts, our innovation. Isn't that true? I mean, where you focus um, your energy uh, should be where there's a greater probability that you'll have the greatest rate of return. I think people do the opposite, right? They invest their time and energy in the things that produce the, the smallest rate of return, but somehow they think that works, whereas it should be the other way around. Right. Right. I mean, I think as human beings, we can get pulled into the urgent, but the not important, unless we're really, really intentional and, and you use the word clarity. And I think that's one of the things that I talk about in my book and that we teach. We have an energized leader training program and we teach that right around around how do you get first clear on the things that give you energy in your mm-hmm. life and the things that drain your energy? You know, we know as people things that, that we do, but that are incredibly draining and actually, in fact, impact performance and, and are, are in the long run inefficient is multitasking. The multitasking is a massive sort of external energy drainer. Um, so we have to get clear on what are the things that drain our energy? What are the things that, that, that give us energy? And, and how do we make sure that we plan our lives, plan our days, plan our weeks, plan our calendars in a way that allow us to perform at our best? I mean, I'll give you an example. One of my PGA Tour players, Matt Kuchar, um, plays out on tour still. But I remember sitting with Matt when I was an agent, and and we would go through his schedule, right? Like a tour player doesn't play week after week after week. They just don't do it. It's not sustainable. They they go two weeks on, one week off. They 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 plan their schedule so they peak at the majors, right? I mean, mm-hmm. all those things have. They're intentional about how they handle their schedule. We as business people, I believe, need to do the same thing. I mean, we need to say, what are the things that are my big rocks this week, this month? What are the things that give me energy? What drain me energy? How can I be more efficient? How could I delegate maybe some of these things? How do I make sure that I plan, I call them sort of mini breaks throughout the day, right? We're in this environment now. People are going back to back to back to back Zoom meetings, right? They leave everything they have at work, and then they come home to the people in their lives that matter the most. The people that love them, the and they don't have any energy left for them. So, so we teach that, and we help people 
navigate uh, that more effectively so that they show up for the things during the day that matter most, but also certainly for the people in their lives that matter most, their families as well. And you, you exemplified being uncomfortable because your story is, 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 I think it's a great story when you left home early on. I'd like for you to share that. You left home early on after college, moved to an area that you had no uh, other than a friend, didn't really know anyone in, in uh, Atlanta, and you sort of started your life there doing some pretty unique things. In the last couple of minutes, share that story, and we need to pick it up after the break. We will, but I think it's a great story of, of setting out on a course, even though it may be uncomfortable and it may be unknown. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, Jay, you know, I, I wanted to get into the sports business, so I saved literally 2000 bucks over the summer, packed my Honda Accord and moved to Atlanta, like you said, to live with a friend from high school, sleep on her couch, you know, until I could find a job. And, you know, long story short, right, I was able to sort of learn that tennis in Atlanta was a big deal. I played tennis in college at Michigan State, and I, and I had taught some, and I and I'd learned that you could teach tennis at apartment, complex for, uh, apartment complexes for a little bit off your rent. So through some, some navigating and, some, and, and sort of asking some folks for advice, I I, I found an opportunity where they were going to be in need of a tennis pro, and I, I got this pizza place across the street to hook me up with free pizza. I got my buddy at Wilson Sporting Goods to send me gear, and and uh, I had these tennis tips I'd written for a magazine in Lansing, and sort of pulled all that together. And you know, I sort of believe that you want to act like you have the business before you have the business, right? And so I began to communicate this to the manager. She she dug it, and long story short, I negotiated to live in this apartment complex and teach tennis one day a week for free for nine years which was a beautiful thing. It gave me an opportunity to get into the sports business where you generally start out at about $18,000 a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I needed a little grace there. So worked out well. Incredibly well. But by the way, if you didn't take that risk, and we're going to talk about that on the second uh, segment here when we come back after the break, about the importance of taking risk. Um, but if you didn't take that risk and didn't have the faith in yourself and the belief in yourself, that never would have happened. And who knows how many other lives would not have been impacted because you didn't take that risk. So when we come back after the break, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's continue this conversation about mindset shifts. And before I let you go, I want you to give us your key uh, your key understanding of what separates that star player from the superstar player. Okay, when we come back, let's have a chance to chat about that. Folks, we'll be right back after the break. Are you having a hard time finding commercial funding? Is this challenge stalling your business goals and dreams? At JRF Financial, we specialize in getting your commercial funding and challenges resolved because we work with the largest SBA lender in the country. We work with over 33 different types of alternative lending and can fund anything from equipment to real estate. So don't let funding challenges stop you. Call JRF Financial at 844-484-6248 or visit us at jrffinancial.org. So you built a successful business? Now what? Transform your successful business into a valuable business. That's where Dumont Capital Partners comes in. We've built a step-by-step process designed to drive up your business's value and give you back control over your time. Whether you want to sell for a premium or just know that you could, Dumont Capital Partners will give you the life and business you deserve. Contact us at valuebuilderus.com. That's valuebuilderus.com. Friends, this is Jay Mamie, and I'm thrilled to announce that our merchandise site is now open for business just in time for the holidays. My inspirational quotes, encouragement words, and thought-provoking phrases can be printed on a number of very cool items to help you stay in thriving mode. 
Make sure to visit my website, thejmamie.com. Look for the store link. Check out the items. Once again, that'll be at thejmamie.com. to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. On the line is Molly Fletcher, and we're having a fantastic time having a chance to understand really Molly's views on the important mindset shifts that have to occur. We're going to pick up on that right now. Molly, what would you say are a couple more important mindset shifts that, that a leader needs to embrace? Yeah, you know, one of the other ones I, I, I think that's important to, 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 to sort of speak to is, is we call it sort of remind yourself of what's beyond yourself, right? In other words, mm. I've always found it interesting that that businesses, they all have purpose and mission and vision statements, right? I mean, pretty much anybody that opens their doors or, you know, throws up a website, I mean, they they have this sort of mission, vision there. So I've always thought, well, why don't people, right? Like if a company uses a mission and vision statement to be their guiding light, to to help them assess their direction, their growth, their their clients, et cetera, their decisions, why don't we as people – and, and, and what I have found in life, right, when we, when we go through tough times, when we hit speed bumps, when we, when we hit challenges, the, the key is to recover quickly from tough moments. And I, and I saw that with great athletes, right? The best ones didn't go 0 for 40 at the plate, right? They'd mm. go 0 for 8, and then they'd get it back, right? Best golfers in the world, they'll bogey a golf hole, but they don't bogey four in a row, right? They recover. How do they do that? Well, in my opinion, one of the things they do is they go to their why. They go to their purpose. They go right to the root of why they do what they do and why recovering matters, why it's worth it. So, you know, and, and so I think you've got to get clear on your purpose and, 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 then, and then you can lean into that at some level in, in tough moments, but also in big moments. We have clients who have their purpose statement in frames all over their homes and sort of throughout the day they lean into, they, they lean into it, they see it. And, and, and at some level it helps remind them, it just keeps them kind of locked and loaded on what, what matters most. You know, the other one I think is important is, is, you know, own your ownership, right? In other words, I think at some level we've got we've to we've gotta own our journey. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes it's important to do, you know, what we all know of, which are action af- after action reviews. Be, you know, we talked about this a minute ago, but being clear on, 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 on the feedback that you need in order to continue to improve. You know, what worked, what didn't. You know, I, I, I always found with great athletes, they welcomed those moments. And I think you think about people in the, in the business world, salespeople, leaders, we want to create an environment where our people feel safe to give us feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to create an environment as salespeople. We walk out of a pitch with, with, with a colleague of ours that, that maybe if we felt like we didn't nail it, we can look at them and say, Hey, did I mess that up? Should I have maybe said this? Would this have been better in that moment? Or had I asked this question, would that have elicited this? We want to create environments as leaders where feedback is welcomed, where it's safe, and where and where we take all that in and allow it to, to help us show up better, to help us lead better, solve better, serve better, both internally and certainly externally as well. In your experience dealing with so many star players and, and even uh, recently as a CEO of your own company, dealing with the directors and, and high-level executives, what has been... You probably have a bunch of these, but what what has been the the best example that you have seen in someone recovering? You mentioned recovering, being able to sure. so be down and down and out, and all of a sudden, bang, you come back, and people wonder, how did he do it? How did she do it? Tell us a little bit about that in yeah. your in your experience, please. 
Well, I think that they, they, they do at some level, and, and maybe not as intentionally as I might suggest to a business person, but at some level they go back to the film, right? I mean, great athletes. Mm. Great I had a baseball player, Mark DeRosa, who who struggled once. He was kind of struggling a little bit at the plate, and, and, and I was talking to him one day on, the, on his way to the park, and he was getting down there early to go into BP, and he started talking about you know switching up his swing a little bit, and 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 it felt early to be starting to change mechanics to me, and it was almost like he didn't believe right that he could compete at that level. And so I threw together a two and a half minute video of just one unbelievable moment after another, right? Like him hitting bombs, him rounding the bases, guys coming out of the dugout, fans jumping out of their seats, right opposite field, throwing it through the gap, just awesome moments in a video. And I go, man, listen. Just just watch this right before you go out, right? Like, just watch this, and, and, and you can do this. You've done this. You've done it, you know, over, over time. We belong here. And, and, I, and, and that night, I think he went three for four with, like, the game on, you know, bomb or something. But I share that only because I think that they go back to the why. They go back to the roots. They go back to the film. They go back to that to help them reset at some level, reset their mindset. Golfers bogey golf holes, but they don't step up to the next hole and say, God, if I bogey this, wow, I'll be two back from the lead. I might or two back from the cut liner. They don't say that. They, they step up and they say, I've done this. I've prepared for this. I can do this. I'm smoking this down the middle, right? And I'm going to get up and down. I'm going to birdie this hole and get myself back. That's what they tell themselves. I think that our private voice, the story that we tell ourselves mm-hmm. as people around our circumstances, it has everything to do with our ability to recover. I remember Billy Horschel came on my podcast, Game Changers, as you mentioned, and, and Billy came on and he, and he shared a story, you know, because when Tiger, you know, out on tour, a lot of guys love to play practice rounds with Tiger, right? Because are you kidding me? What 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 an amazing opportunity to to spend two and a half hours which is how long it takes to play 18 in a practice you know what an amazing opportunity to spend that time with a guy like tiger and and billy told me that like he's walking this practice round with tiger and and he tells tiger to go hey man that's kind of how i prepare for a tournament and tiger goes well yeah cool what do you do and he goes well i you know i play the whole i i, I literally i sort of lay down in my bed on on wednesday and i play the whole tournament out in my in my head right like i shoot 64 i make every fairway right in regulation <laughs> i I get up and down, right? I birdie some, I eagle some, I, you know, I kill it. I make the cut and I end on Sunday holding a trophy over my head. He goes, that's what I do. And Tiger goes, dude, that's awesome. He said, but do me a favor. He said, visualize yourself in the trap on 18 on Friday, having to get up and down to make the cut. Mm. Visualize yourself off the rough behind a tree and having to get it done. Visualize yourself on Sunday, having to drain a putt to win, to win a match visualize yourself in tough moments and then visualize yourself recovering from those moments because we, we, it isn't always going to go well. Mm-hmm. We are going to miss We're not going to close deals. We're going to, we're going to lose, you know, how do we make sure that we prepare for the moments so that we can recover? And I think business people, we need to do that too, right? We need to prepare for those moments and, and, and visualize ourselves and, and, and prepare for, the, the turbulence at some level and, and know that we can get through it. You know, every good leader should be listening to what you just shared. And, and, you know, I, I've got listeners that are all over the world, right? And it doesn't matter what language um, that they speak, they understand the message. And, and here's what I want to sort of help everyone understand what you just said. If you're a leader, number one, if you're as an individual, how do you recover? You recover when you remember, 
You recover when you recall, and you recover when you reset. And right. boy, we could wrap up the show right here, and it would be a gold show because that right there gives anyone the ability to recover, to have the sort of the ingredients to recover when the chips are down, when you're down and out, when you've lost belief in yourself and things aren't going the way you thought they would go. Boy, if you got somewhere, wherever you, wherever you are now, you got here or you got there because you did something right along the way. And, uh, and just because you're not performing at that level now doesn't mean you can't get back to it if you just take time to recover by remembering, recalling, and resetting. I love that. Absolutely. I love it. Molly, so I, I want now for you to give our listeners a golden nugget takeaway. Every guest on our show provides that golden nugget, that actionable step, that takeaway, that if there's nothing else that a listener listens to or, or remembers, they remember this. What would you say is that golden nugget that someone can take away? Wow. You know, I mean, you know, be brave, but don't be perfect. Be brave. Don't be perfect. I mean, I think is a good one. I think, I think, you know, it's important to remember bloom where you're planted, right? I love that. Mm. In, in other words, you may be in different roles along your journey right now, but, and, and I've heard great coaches say this, right? And the guys don't come out and they become or gals and, and become the head coach. So how can you be the best, the very, very best, wherever it is you are right now uh, to me is, is, is incredibly important. And then, and then I think I'm hard, I'm sorry, Jay, it's hard for me to just to drop in one here, but is, is Go serve for it. their heart not serve their heart not their talent? Dabo Sweeney told me who, who's the head coach at Clemson. I think that's really great for leaders to hear because as leaders right now in this environment, it gets easy to get transactional. It gets easy to, you know, people are working harder, they're working longer, they're working differently, and at some level, you know, lots of financials are compromised right now for less, and and it's tough. So serve their heart, not their talent. In other words, don't lean into them just because of what they do for you or the organization, but lean into them for who they are. That's a great golden nugget, and I'm hoping that our leadership team and our folks that are listening takes that to heart. Molly, before we let you go, I mentioned earlier you're the founder of the Betterment Institute, these uh, wonderful online courses. I cannot let you go before you share a little bit about that in case we do have uh, listeners and directors that may be interested in pursuing that for their organizations or individually. If you could take a second to share about to share a little bit about that. Yeah, well, we have a couple different offerings, right, that, that individuals can lean into. I, I would actually recommend candidly for your audience that we have a uh, – if they go to mollyfletcher.com, mm-hmm. we have Game Changer Leadership Huddles, which are – live but they're also recorded in a, in a portal it's an incredible community of people from all over the world and we come together once a month and i deliver on a particular topic and then we sort of share as a group a bit take questions etc and then we make it personal with a with a worksheet to dial it in to their world specifically and um, it's a powerful and amazing community that we have like i said game changer leadership huddles but you know if people are interested in things like that if they go to mollyfletcher.com they can check some of it out mollyfletcher.com folks we're going to have her site and her link up at our website so you can look further into what molly has to offer molly it's been a real joy having you on the show we could have uh, talked for hours here and that's why i'm hoping that i could uh, have you in on a uh, future show so we can dive into some more of of the goodness of what you have to offer uh the world here so can i ask you to come back again in the future you got it let's do it all right my friend thanks for being on the show absolutely thank you jay Talk to you soon. Folks, we'll be right back after the break. Your passion is your business, not the tech. Union handles all of this for you so you can focus on what you love. 
Give us 15 minutes and you'll get mobile ordering, loyalty, scheduling payment processing, and more at no cost to you. Take the union challenge for free and see how much more money you'll put in your pocket with our solution. Go to jointheunion.com to get started now. That's jointheyounion.com. Jointheunion.com. Are you struggling getting qualified leads from your sales prospecting efforts? Aptivio is the world's first all-in-one AI platform for sales pipeline growth. It detects hidden revenue opportunities and leads most likely to convert. It never gets old to watch our clients experience aha moments when they discover hidden revenue opportunities after setting up their go-to-market playbook in less than 30 minutes. Give it a try at aptiv.io forward slash sign up. Tom Sheehan here. I founded Union out of anger after witnessing the mistreatment of local small businesses that had served my, for many years, my Chicago neighborhood before the pandemic. These great businesses had never needed tech and were forced to close their doors because they had no digital solutions to service their customers. Truth is, big tech promises returns with no solutions for small business owners. We created the union's digital platform to fill that void for small business. No promises, just results in more money in your pocket. It's so simple, you can be up and running in 15 minutes. We don't charge businesses a penny for a web store or a mobile app that allows you to serve your customers the way they want to buy from you on their phones. Your customers will pay less, business owners will make more, and the money stays local. For listeners of the show, we're offering a free business course to make it even easier to go digital. Get started now at jointheunion.com. That's join the Y-O-U-N-I-O-N.com slash jmamie. Jointheunion.com slash jmamie. talk show in studio i'm excited about our national spotlight guest here i value our national sponsors so much because they bring so much value to the world that it's almost crazy not to have them on the show and i'm very choosy very picky as to those who i allow to represent uh not only the the show itself but what they do to the marketplace uh but i have no problem having in studio today one of our national sponsors fran guidance and the ceo and founder irving chung who's with us irving now had a chance to come on our show last month did a fantastic job establishing the new norms and franchise opportunities and today we're going to pick up the conversation again because there was only so much we can dive into in our first segment that he's back today and we're going to have him again next month to continue the story that can help you understand the opportunities available in franchising. So Irving Chung, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Jay. It's a pleasure to be here. Irving, I want to dive right into something that I, I, I'm i a bit confused about. Uh, you know, I'm on LinkedIn a lot, and I, I have a chance to, to spend time, obviously, on there. And, and I see that there's so many folks out there now that are, they hit me up. They send me emails, and they do the, the auto-pace, auto-bot, which is horrible. Um, but they're promoting franchise brokering. They're franchise brokers. And I think to myself, I know this is a booming industry. Last week, we had Sharon Lecter on the show, and she also confirmed it's a booming industry. But with so many franchise brokers out there now, how can someone really determine who is authentic and genuine from somebody who may have just, I don't know, decided to do this last week? Yeah, Jay, that, that's a good question. There, there are hundreds of people that do what I do. 
Um, and some of them are actually franchises themselves, right? So they can pay their way into it, mm-hmm. right? To me, that's a bit disingenuous. Um, what's different about me is that I belong, I, I work for a group called Fran, Franchise, mm-hmm. and they only bring on franchisees or franchisors to be consultants. Very selective. And the reason why is because they want us to be able to consult from a firsthand experience standpoint. Mm-hmm. I, I own my own franchise. I, I'm entering my sixth year. It's a fantastic wow. experience. But like everyone I consult with, it's a big decision. You know, do I go to a franchise? Do I leave corporate? Do I expand into, you know, other ventures that I'm unfamiliar with? Well, you know, I don't just talk to talk. I walk to walk, mm-hmm. right? And so I can consult from a firsthand standpoint from the challenges of, should I get into a franchise? How does a franchise work? What's the right franchise for me? And what's it a day in a life like, right? Mm-hmm. How do you balance life? How do you balance family? How do you balance, you know, multiple jobs and businesses, right? So that's the biggest difference, Jay. You know, I, I have to agree with that because I, I one of my pet peeves is, um, and like I agree, everyone's got to make a living. Everyone should give a shot at doing something. Don't take anything from that. Uh, I don't take anything away from someone doing that. But my challenge is when people uh, promote themselves as doing something or teaching others to do something that they've never done themselves. It's like you can't teach other people how to be a surgeon if you've never done surgery on someone. Exactly. Right? You can't coach somebody how to play baseball if you've never put on a glove before. <laughs> yeah, or, or it's kind of like the, the bad analogy, but it's the car salesman, right? And so I own a Tesla. And if you've never driven a Tesla, it's a very different experience. Mm-hmm. So it cracks me out when a sales guy's selling a Tesla and he's never driven one, doesn't own one, mm. drives a Toyota Corolla. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, you know, you can't speak from experience, right? It was a big deal. There, there's a lot to be said about being authentic, right? Exactly. And, and I believe that people can pick up on, on authenticity immediately um, because they, there's conversations, there's points, there's things that you're going to say that only someone who's been in the trenches is going to be able to say and bring to light. And uh, if you've not walked the walk, it's very difficult to talk to talk. 100%. 100%. I mean, it's it's a very different, even the mindset of going corporate to entrepreneur. Mm. I mean, it took me a year to adjust to that mm-hmm. mindset. And right? that's, that's taking a, yeah, Taking total point. ownership. Good I point. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into it, not just the basic nuts and bolts of what's a franchise. I mean, you can go online and find mm-hmm. that, right? That's interesting. You talk about a whole other component, which maybe we'll pick up on the next segment, which is the mindset. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, there, there's a, a talk that I give that talks about how do you go from an employee to an entrepreneur, which is a huge, huge change of thought, perspective, mindset, the whole disciplines, behaviors, the whole deal. And maybe we'll tackle that next time. 100%. So let's talk about what is the right franchise fit for someone? How can someone who's looking at franchises determine which is the best fit for them? Yeah, it's a it's a very complicated process, right? And the reason being is I, I always say there's three factors to think about. Number one is economics. Is you know, and that's pretty straightforward. Can I afford it? Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of factors to consider affordability because not just the cost of buying into the business starting it, but the working capital to get into a cash flow positive situation, right? You don't want to be out of business before you're in business. Mm-hmm. Is it going to make me the money I want, right? All of us are looking to aspire up. All of us are looking to make more than what we made, right? How much are you looking to make? Is it a secondary income component, just supplemental? Mm-hmm. Is it a primary income? Mm-hmm. Is it a wealth building? Is it multi-generational? Is it, is it a legacy business? I mean, there's a lot of factors to the economics, which is how much is it going to cost me to get into it? 
How much can I make out of it? Number two is conviction. Mm-hmm. I think you and I talked about mm-hmm. this. If you don't have conviction about the business you're getting into, you're not going to succeed, right? Because you got to sell it from the heart, mm. right? And service it from the heart, right? And so if I don't believe in it, right, you're not going to do well in it. So conviction, is it a service and business you can stand behind and believe in? Mm-hmm. Um, the third one is passion. Passion is a big gray area, Jay, because it's about what am I going to get? How am I going to get fulfillment from this? Right. And it could be from giving employment to the community. Good it point. could be bringing yeah. a great service to the community. I have an incredible mental, mental health business, right? Mm-hmm. This, this country is suffering from a mental health crisis. I agree. That's a service that's needed so badly. That's bringing service to your, to your community. Right. And, and the third one is a little bit more self-centric, right? What do I enjoy doing? So I own an indoor cycling business because I love fitness. Mm. I believe in helping people improve themselves, right? I mean, it's a positive environment. It's a semi-absentee business as well. So that's what I wanted. I want a business that was manager run to give me freedom of time to do my other businesses. You brought up an excellent point. And by the way, folks, this is the value of having experts on the show. They reveal areas of information that you weren't really aware of until they bring it to the surface. You brought up a good point. Part of someone exploring a franchise, part of that process is, is it just you know part-time income? Yeah, exactly. Because if someone just wants an extra small source of revenue – Right, that's going to be a different franchise than from someone who says I'm all in full time and this yeah. is how I'm making my full time living. That's right. I, I have businesses that are you know proven to generate five figures, right? So if I can use an extra fifty, eighty thousand dollars, you know, in my pocket, great, right? But but if it's your main income, I have businesses that will generate high six figures mm-hmm. and, and seven figures even, right? So when you say, hey, I, I want a business that has unlimited growth, well, great, let's go for it, right? There's lots of options for that. But if you want something that's, you know, on the side, hey, something easy that's just going to bring a good, you know, 60, 80 grand to the pocket, that's a totally different business, right? That's so. that's a that's a fascinating point because I think the misconception that most people have is that in order to be a franchise owner, it's all in full time. And I think that's probably why a lot of people will tend to shy away from it because they're not ready to give up their job, but they don't know that they can do something as a yeah. sidepreneur experience. That's right. Yeah, Jay, there's 3,500 franchises out wow. there, right? Which means there's something in every category, mm-hmm. right? So you think about passions, interest, all that stuff, community service. And there's different price tags, different cost of entry, and there's different ownership models, right? So I talk about lots of strategies for ownership. One is, you know, owner-operator. That's the, what people assume. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to be the guy running it every day. Tons of those. There's tons of what's called semi-absentee or semi-passive ownership Mm -hmm. businesses, right? Those are designed specifically to be manager run, right? With with as little as five hours a week, I can generate a six-figure income with a secondary business that's called semi-absentee because the manager's running running a studio, running a business, running a store, you know? And then the third one's legacy semi-retirement businesses. You know, I have people who want to retire and they're like, you know what? I, I hate to give up my income but I want to keep mentally challenged. Mm-hmm. What's an option. I got some businesses that are great for people who are in semi-retirement, which means I don't want to work 40, 60 hours. I want to work maybe 20. Excellent. I got some options for that. You mentioned capital. 
And and I want to ask you two quick questions, and I want to get to the what makes a, a franchisee um, successful, right? Because I want to talk about the traits of success. Yeah. But capital, what can – because I, I can almost hear the questions from my, my listeners. Someone says, I'm interested, but I don't have a lot of money. What's – in your observations, your studies, what you have access to – What's the most minimum capital that a person can bring to the table to start a franchise? So, Jay, you know, this old saying is true 100%. It takes money to make money. Correct. Right. <laughs> There's no such thing as a free business. There's mm-hmm. no such thing as, you know, uh, free income, free, you know, you know, free lunch. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but but the minimum is probably about 20 grand. I yeah. mean, that, that's okay. not a lot. Not right? a lot at all. And, and, and you need a good credit history, you know, things like that. And, and the reason why I say it's that little is there's programs out there. There's, there's something called the 401k rollover program that allows you to utilize 401k money okay. as a business investment to yourself. And the government still sees it as a 401k. That's beautiful. It's like a 401k diversification program. But even bigger than that is, is small business administration. The government actually is very supportive of small businesses and they're willing to invest in in most people getting into their own business, especially if it's a franchise that's got a proven track record. Right? Absolutely, hundred percent. Very good. And you mentioned something else about being able to pass it on as uh, as an inheritance, like a, legacy as a legacy business. Right? That's right. So, just a quick answer next. I want to get to the trade. So, if someone owns a franchise, they can pass it on to their kids. Yeah, they, I mean, when you own a franchise, you have a hundred percent ownership. Okay, you can sell it. You can just turn it back to the franchisor. You can transfer it to a relative, a family member, uh, you know, a child. Absolutely. Wonderful. I want to spend time talking about now that someone says, okay, I'll, I want to give it a shot and they put up the money and they're involved in, in a franchise that they, they identify with. What are the success traits that you see others uh, exemplifying to help a franchisee copy that to have success as well? Yeah, Jay, you mentioned it before. Like when we talk about the mindset of transitioning from employee to employer mm-hmm. or entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. The number one factor is take ownership. Mm. Take ownership. Mm-hmm. When you work for somebody else, you can call and say, okay, I don't feel good. I got a headache. I don't feel like working today, right? Now, you know, as, as an owner, you, you can do the same thing, right? I mean, you put in, you get out of it what you put into mm-hmm. it. But the mindset of total ownership, the buck stops with you. Nobody is going to, Take your business as seriously as you will. I don't mm-hmm. care how great of a manager, GM you have. They're just not going to happen. So number one is total ownership, right? You got to be willing to step up and do what you need to do, which most of the part means just learning, being a sponge, right? The franchisor is there to train you, coach you, guide you through the entire experience. You got to be willing to be open-minded, learn and embrace it. And the third thing is follow the process. What you're buying with a franchise is a proven business model with an established process and operating system. The theory is if you buy into it and you follow it, you're going to get the results that everyone else did. The key is learn it, own up to it, follow the process, and you'll be successful. Follow the model. You know, I love that. And I can't wait for you to come back again because there's so many other questions that I have as we're continuing to develop this 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 wonderful story um, that's going to help a lot of people. I really believe that because there, there's a thirst right now and a hunger for franchise opportunities. And the mystery that's always behind it is what stops people from giving it a, uh, a look. So I appreciate your wisdom. Where can people find you? Yeah, they can go to my website, franguidance.com. Okay. 
Uh, there'll be lots of information about franchising, my contact information. They can call me directly, 214-908-9791. Always answer my phone. Happy to talk to anybody who's curious and interested. Folks, that wraps up our show this week. What another fantastic episode of the J. Mamie Talk Show. We're going to catch up with everyone next week. Until then, keep thriving.